episode 17 and this is ridiculous I just have to show you what I'm looking at so anyway um, <clears throat> I'll just go with it for today I hope everybody's doing well and um, I'll try to do better this time and uh, also no editing we did a lot of editing last time, and uh, I'm not going to do it today. The electricity is currently out, um, but there's a, there's a battery, not a generator, but a battery that charges, and so there's a little bit of light here, but no air conditioning. I'll go ahead and uh, get to the reading, shall I? Um, just uh, briefly. In case there's anybody just tuning in, I'm getting into source texts. So at the uh, on the Buddhist Books podcast, um, I'm reading the Tipitaka, which is the source text. It's uh, before Mahayana, before Vajrayana, before Zen by a thousand years. Um, there was the Tipitaka, and having spent my whole life pretty interested in uh, what people have to say who are talking about Buddhism, um, it occurred to me that I had never read the source texts and I wanted to read the source texts. Alan Watts would talk about, um, sometimes talk about the Pali scriptures and it just seemed like this, like far off, like, wow, oh, the Pali scriptures, you know? And so the, those, that's the Pali scriptures, the Tibitaka. Um, and in the case of, like, what could generally be termed, like, New Age weirdos, but also modern cinema? Uh, and a lot of things, a lot of things go back to Carl Jung doing weird experiments on himself in uh, the, the teens, back in the 19-teens, and uh, the, these are the records of those experiments. The first book is So New Something, talking about uh, what we're going to be reading, So New Sam Dasani, and uh, that's what we're reading now. There's quotes from Jung and stuff like that, but eventually when we get to book two, and through seven, we're going to be looking at the actual source text of Carl Jung's philosophy, his approach, his, um, his legacy, really, and the Red Book. Now, these were things he did not publish during his lifetime. He published a lot during his lifetime. And, uh, but these are the source texts for that. Those are the, these are the unpublished origins of where he came from, things he thought we're too far out, and they are pretty far out. Um, so it's fun to read, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I do. And today, we're going to be enjoying it to the accompaniment of Rosenberg Trio. So hopefully that won't be too distracting. It's pretty quiet, I think. The Way to the Self. In 1918, you, oh, by the way, if you want to start with the beginning of these Black Book recitals, you can click there, that take you to that playlist. In 1918, Jung wrote a paper entitled, quote, On the Unconscious, end quote. He noted that all of us stood between two worlds, the world of external perception and the world of perception of the unconscious. 
This depicts his experience at this time. He wrote that Schiller had claimed that the approximation of these two worlds was through art. This buzzword that keeps coming up when he first met his anima, she said what he was doing was art when he uh, had his falling out with one of his, his two people that uh, at least Freud assumed uh, he was having an affair with who was his assistant um, who also analyzed him when she called what he was doing art he cast her out of his life permanently and uh, now we have this what I just read anyway by contrast Jung argued quote I am of the opinion that the union of rational and irrational truth is to be found not so much in art as in the symbol per se. Ah, ah. Man and his symbols, anybody? Um, right. For it is the essence of the symbol to certain, to contain both the rational and the irrational. Symbols, he argued, stemmed from the unconscious, and the creation of symbols was the most important function of the unconscious. While the compensatory function, uh, let me think. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> well, the compensatory function, where was I? I actually don't know. Here we are. Of the unconscious was always present. The symbol creating function was only present when we were willing to recognize it. Here we see him continuing to eschew, viewing his productions as art. It was not art. I mean, I think he's, like, undervaluing art. I, I mean, it's very telling that in, apparently, Switzerland in the 19-teens, art was something looked down upon. Because I would consider it as higher than a lot of other things. Okay, anyway. Um, but symbols that were of paramount importance... The recognition and recovery of this symbol, creating power, is portrayed in Liber Novus. The irony, of course, being that the story circle that evolved out of Jung's work is responsible for the lack of artistic value in... Never mind, I'll just keep reading. The recognition... Wait, yes, I just read that. It depicts, and I pronounce Liber Novus without the rolling R for the first time. It depicts Jung's attempts to understand the psychological nature of symbolism and to view his fantasies symbolically. He concluded that what was unconscious in any given epoch was only relative and changing. What was required now was the, quote, remolding of our views in accordance with the active forces of the unconscious, end quote. Thus, the task confronting him was one of translating the conceptions gained through his confrontation with his soul. 
and expressed in a literary and symbolic manner in Liber Novus into a language comparable, compatible with the contemporary outlook of the spirit of the times. The following year, he presented a paper in England. Thank you. Thank you. I do my best. A little distracting, but it's okay. The following year, he presented a paper in England before the Society for Psychological... Psychical psychical research on, quote, the psychological foundations of belief in spirits, end quote. Here, he differentiated between two situations in which the collective unconscious becomes active. In the first, an individual experiences a crisis and the collapse of his or her hopes and expectations. In the second, a time of great social, political, or religious upheaval occurs. At such moments, whatever has been suppressed by revealing, prevailing attitudes necessarily accumulates in the collective unconscious. Strongly intuitive individuals become aware of what has been suppressed and try to translate the material into communicable ideas. If they succeed, the results are salutary. Either way, the contents of the unconscious had a disturbing effect. If they remain suppressed, Jung said, there is the danger that the collective unconscious will replace reality, which is pathological. If instead the collective unconscious is activated as a result of collective processes, the individual may feel disoriented, but the state is not pathological. Jung's differentiation of these two possibilities suggests that he viewed his own confrontation with the unconscious as falling under the second heading, namely, activation of the collective unconscious due to general cultural upheaval. His initial fear of impending insanity in 1913 lay in his failure to realize this distinction at that time. Throughout this period, Jung was engaged in historical research on the type problem. Okay, maybe now we're going to finally get an explanation. It's a, as simple as like introverts and outroverts, outroverts, extroverts, never mind, types. Oh, it looks like. Well, we'll see. We'll see if he explains it, because they've made reference to it enough. I think that, like, generally the people who read the black books are people who, like, studied a lot of Carl Jung already, like, directly his writings, and uh, are curious enough to want to delve into some of this early stuff. Whereas I am starting with it the way that a person born in 2000 might start their journey into the Star Wars movies with uh, the Phantom Menace, if that makes sense. Um, wow, I totally lost my place and I can barely see this. Uh-huh, yes, yes, okay. Um, throughout this period, Eubensen gives research on the type problem. Beginning in 1916, he gave presentations on the subject before the Association of Analytical Psychology and the Psychological Club. These were developed 
and expanded in psychological types, which appeared, did I read this already? In 1921 to widespread acclaim. The English edition appeared in 1923 and received many laudatory, laudatory, oh, like audible? Laudatory reviews. I think that's positive, right? As regards, by the way, it was 1978, not 2000. I, I saw Star Wars Episode 4 first. I think, yeah, they, by then they called it Episode 4. Yeah, right? I think. It was probably 1984 when I saw it. Because I do remember, I remember going to Disneyland. Okay, I'm getting far afield. As result, as regards the working over the of themes of Liber Novus, the most important section of psychological types was chapter five, quote, the type problem in poetry, end quote. This basic issue discussed, the basic issue discussed was how the problem of opposites could be resolved through the production of the uniting or reconciling symbol. The chapter presents a far-ranging historical overview of the issue. Jung offered detailed analysis of the resolution of the problem of opposites in Hinduism, Taoism, Meister Eckhart, and in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, the work of Karl Spitteler. This chapter can also be read in terms of meditation on some of the historical sources that directly informed Jung's conceptions in Liber Novus. Finally, it heralded the introduction of an important method. Rather than directly discuss the issue of the reconciliation of opposites in Liber Novus, he sought out historical analogies and commented upon them. In 1921, the self emerged as a psychological concept. Jung defined it as follows. Inasmuch as the I is... Oh, oh, don't talk, please. No talking. Stop. Don't introduce the band members. I'm not interested in the band members. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yes. Inasmuch as the I is only the center of my field of consciousness, it is not identical with the totality of my psyche. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, being merely a complex among other complexes. Hence, I discriminate between the I and the self, since the I is only the subject of my consciousness while the self is the subject of my totality. Okay, okay. I, I think I hear what you're saying. Like the mandala. The whole mandala is the self, and the dot in the middle is the I. I get it. I get it. I mean, just for a moment. Uh, bear with me. Um, all our memories, when we look out at the night sky, when we imagine and visualize the universe... All of these things are going on in here and, in a sense, inform who we are, inform what our personality is, how exactly we perceive reality, how we perceive the world around us, how we perceive countries and groups and other people and species and 
stars, planets, and uh, substances, and the whole periodic chart of the elements. All of that, for each of us, is in here. And in there, also, is this idea of this guy. The, the, the monkey in the middle. Alright. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Hence, it also includes the unconscious psyche. In this sense, the self would be an parentheses non-material and parentheses extension, which embraces and includes the I. In unconscious fantasy, the self often appears as the superordinated or ideal personality, as Faust is in relation to Goethe or and Zarathustra to Nietzsche. He equated the Hindu notion of Brahman slash Atman with the self. At the same time, he provided a definition of the soul. He argued that the soul possessed qualities that were complementary to the persona, and in that sense had what the conscious attitude lacked. Ah, this is helping me to reorient myself in the original goal which is something that won't be accomplished for probably decades Um, anyway I've already mentioned that in the first of these 17 the complementary character of the soul also affected its sexual character A man had a feminine soul, or anima, and a woman had a masculine soul, or animus, as I mentioned yesterday. All right. Uh, Yeah, lots of questions, lots of questions, but this was 19-whatever. This corresponded to the fact that men and women had both masculine and feminine traits. Probably a progressive point to make at the time. He also noted that the soul gave rise to images that were assumed to be worthless from the rational perspective. Right. There were four ways of using them. The first possibility of making use of them is artistic. This is reminding me of a couple of dreams that are trying to come out right now. Both of them were related to things I had seen or thought about the day before. And anyway, part of my brain is not letting the other part do the thing that it wants with the other part. So I'm just going to keep reading. The first possibility of making use of them is artistic. If one is in any way gifted in that direction, a second is philosophical speculation. A third is quasi-religious. I just find it interesting the use of quasi in alchemical and quasi religious like religion and alchemy are themselves quasi never mind it makes sense in my head um leading to heresy and the founding of sects and a fourth way of employing the dynamic of these images is to squander it in every form of licentiousness. So like, in other words, um, 
if one assumes that there is a correct or orthodox view of religion, then uh, deviancies and other forms and other permutations of them would be quasi or her heretical or uh, you know variations. But from from a, from an atheistic perspective, they're all aberrative. They're all uh, hallucinatory and make-believe. Um, but there's a third way of looking at it, which I think, I mean, this, this perspective helps to open up a third way of looking at it. And uh, neither legitimizing nor um, negating or, or disregarding but yeah, holding them as valuable as, I mean, it seems like once you put the label of psychological on something, it's you might as well put it in a test tube and be wearing a lab coat, you know? Um, like scientific or chemical chemistry. And oh, oh, it's, you mean it's boring and there's someone with a whiteboard and, you know, all this. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Artistic psychological um, I think that I think that you know generally like the the more ephemerally based rational scientific minded will kind of shy away from uh, from from the complexity of human consciousness because it cannot be put in a test tube in the same way or measured in the same way and every individual is so unique that you cannot repeat an experiment a hundred times and even if you do the experiment a hundred times on the same individual it's one of those to misuse the Heisenberg uh, uncertainty principle um, as a metaphor you, you can't because it's changed. If you take someone who's never been put in the dark and screamed at before, for example, and you put them in the dark and scream at them and then write down, okay, they seem to have this uh, reaction to that. All right, let's do it again 99 more times. The results aren't going to be the same because it's a human. It's a, it's a, a brain you're working with, not, not something as simple as a substance. And so, the, hence the irony of it being easier to understand things in other galaxies that you're looking at through a telescope than it is to understand um, things at the bottom of the ocean and then easier to understand things at the bottom of the ocean than it is to understand things going on in one's own brain. <laughs> so it's like the closer it is to you, the harder it is to see, which works metaphorically. Can't see my own hand right now at all. Okay, now I can see it better, and now I can see it real good, and then put it really far away. Never mind. All right, I'll stop. Um, where was I? I don't know. Yes, licentiousness. So I'll finish this section. From this perspective, the psychological utilization of these images would represent a fifth way. For it is to be, for it to succeed, psychology had to distinguish itself clearly from art, philosophy, and religion. 
this indicates the various possibilities Jung rejected. In terms of publication, the next few years were some of the quietest in Jung's career. He contributed to a symposium at the British Psychological Society, quote, the question of the therapeutic value of quote within quotes abstraction and quote within quotes end quote in 1921. 1922 saw the publication of a lecture to the Society for German Language and Literature in Zurich, quote, on the relation of analytical psychology to literary artworks, end quote within quotes. There were no new publications in 1923 or 1924. Okay, end of recital. Um, those things he listed, uh, art, philosophy, religion, psychology, and a fifth way that isn't named seems to be what he's talking about. Art suffers from being put in a certain type of box or being defined in a particular context as would it belong in a museum would it belong in, a, in an art gallery? Would people like it? Would people buy it? How much would they buy it for? Um, Etc. And even from an art critic's perspective, does it use the... Is it, the, 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 the um, is it original? Is it too original? Is it not original enough? Is it, uh, is it uh, you know, derivative of something else? Is it inspired by something else? Is it an homage to something else? Uh, are the colors overused? Are there too many colors? Are there not enough colors? Are there no colors? Where the broader and more defini definitionless it is, the better, I think. And at a certain point, a lot of these things become so, in my view, become so broad and definitionless that they all kind of start to merge into each other. I remember one time seeing this documentary about these people that made masks and they would do a dance at the full moon, a new moon on an island somewhere in the South Pacific, I think, Polynesian. Um, and uh, it was religious, it was historical, it was artistic, it was... Um, you know, a communal experience. It was all of these things. And uh, they didn't have words for any of those things because it was all one thing. It was the thing they did with the masks. Very interesting. I wish I could find it or, you know, it was just something I happened to catch one, one year. And then psychological suffers from, you know, being a thing that has become... Um, I mean, it suffers and it's supported at the same time. So, like, if people want to specialize in it, then they can, and then they can make a living, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, within the uh, construct of <clears throat> psychology. And then people can pay exorbitant sums of money, depending on what country you're in, or it can be poo-pooed and frowned upon, like it is apparently by most people here in India. It's, oh, what's wrong with you? No, I don't need a psychologist. I'm not crazy. You know, that kind of thing, unfortunately, is still uh, very present here, where in uh, a lot of parts of, for example, the U.S. and Europe, 
um, it's you know considered like a healthy thing to do, like going to the gym is to have a therapist. And uh, so, yeah, what's my point? Religion, of course, I don't even need to like begin to go into all the things that that suffers from. Organization being, uh, being a big one. And um, just all the, all the things that are wrong with humans, all of these things suffer from. And uh, so in this artistic, psychological religious uh, quasi um, exercise that I'm doing right now, it even suffers, even for me. When, when, when the conscious part, when the most, when the, the, the tip of the arrowhead of my will is asleep, then I can go, oh, it only has such and such number of views. It's not very popular. I'm not a very good YouTube content creator. <laughs> Somehow that shit got into my head. And, um, and I forget my own philosophy and convictions um, that you've heard me rant about before, particularly in uh, part seven. And uh, so, yeah. Anyway, what's my point? I don't know. Um, just that I will continue next time in part 18. But I thought, uh, because he was talking about poetry, why not? What do you think, taco or burrito? Let's flip a coin. Um, um, which coin should I use? two sides to this coin. We got the one with a five on it and the one that doesn't have the five on it. If the one with the five on it pops up, I'll read from Taco. If it's the other one, then eat burrito. And that's the side that doesn't have the five on it. So I will read from eat burrito. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Eco neuro, aero neuro. One level, this will come to make it even more. Till then, 2032. So it's kind of a nice thing. One which will end. Personalizes it. Where the hell is my magnifying glass? I can't even read my own book. You might be surprised. Sure, it loses something. Talking in unison, slowly drift out of phase, groupthink. Anomalous egregore of one. That way, there be dragons. Futzing around in there. Asparagus may domine. Okay. Um, 